Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. We ask you that, Father, in that leaning in, that you would meet us, as your word says. Give us new revelation today, new understandings. Father, open up our minds to concepts that we maybe didn't understand. I I pray that you would bring a rhema knowledge, a revelation knowledge that only can come for you today. That we can get aha moments from you. We pray this over the room today. I pray that the minds are fixed on you. Their hearts are ready to receive from you. And Father, I thank you. And we just ask that we wouldn't be the same when we leave here today because we're going to be with you. We're continuing to be in you. Father, I thank you that we are, we are I pray that as we, we bask in this presence and with you and as you speak to us, that we, we begin to, to smell like you, speak like you, and have that fragrance of you, Father. So why? So that we can further your kingdom and we can connect others with you. We thank you that you can do all of that in this moment. You're that big and that awesome. And so we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Today, as we look at this, the attitudes and the hearts, we're going to talk about this. What are we going to do with bad reports? What do we do with bad news? Now, I know probably none, none of you have ever had any bad news, right? If you're breathing, you probably have experienced some kind of bad news. And uh, I was telling someone this week, I was like, I don't really like talking about bad news. It's not my favorite thing to talk about. I would love to get off of that. But what I realized is that in order to understand the goodness of God, we have to understand that even though bad comes, God is not that. And have to remind ourselves that we can be doing, we see scripture, we could be doing all of the right things. And there's still an enemy that says it comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. There's still an enemy that's trying to derail us. Even though we are focused in and repressing in, he doesn't let go. But by the way, for those of you that are saying, well, maybe it's better if I just don't. He's been doing it even before we received him. He's been compiling, compiling things on us so that we would never have the revelation knowledge of who Jesus was for us. And so it's not like he's not doing it. He's always doing it. Whether you've received him yet or not, you remember before you received Christ, all of it was like, I don't don't get it. I don't understand it. And then one day, suddenly something happened and something opened up. You're like, whoa, I I get it now. I don't get everything, but I get that he he cares for me. He He loves me. He's got better in store for me. And understand that, that that's the truth. And so what happens is as we walk in our lives and we think and we go forward, sometimes we begin to lose some of that. We, that some of that excitement kind of wane. Because why? Because we sometimes let the, the weights of the world weigh us down. And I can't take away the weight. God doesn't say pray for the weight to go away. In fact, Jesus said you're going to suffer like I suffered. Thanks, Jesus. 
But he was giving us a great warning. But remember, he continued to say, don't worry, I've overcome the world. And you're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. Okay, so we're equipped. Say, I'm equipped. Say, I can handle it. With God, I can handle it. All right. I want us to remind ourselves of that. But we are going to face some stuff. And so I want to look at how we, what do we do with it. And so in the short and to the point answer, we start with what we left with last week. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. It says, and the, the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Somebody say, do it. And the God of peace will be with you. And so we can see this truth. And so what's this saying? It says when we meditate, I like to say mullinate. I don't know if you've been around me enough long. I like to use the word mullinate. It's my word. You can't have it. You can use it. But it's, it's, it's like meditate and, and uh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I, my wife, I could not live without her. All right. Mulling things over, meditating, you get mullinate. <laughs> like where you're just you're just you're you're, you're kind of just leaning into it and it says to meditate on these things to lean it you can see that it's not a one-time deal understand that when he's saying meditate when he's saying mullinate he's saying that we stay in it remind ourselves daily of it saturate ourselves in it Keep ourselves in the crock pot, so to speak, of God's word. And just let it us soak in all of the goodness that he is. So that we can taste like him. That we might move and, and, and make differences. That like when we're there, it's almost like he's there. Not for our benefit, but for those that might see it. That might call on his name because of it. And so this is the critical part of why we need to handle things correctly and, and walk in the right way because we, the others are looking for something different than what we experience, that their experience. And if we give them the same old stuff, they'll move on. Just thought I'd let that settle for a minute. Thank you, mullinating it. The scripture says when you meditate on God, the things of God and, and, and God, it activates peace. This is what it says. Come on, Lord, just give me peace. He says, what are you meditating on? I want peace. Come on, give peace. He's like, do you? Because I've given you the keys. Meditate on peace. and You meditate on things of God, you're going to activate peace that's already been given to you in Christ. The fruit of the Spirit was deposited into you in the moment that you received Christ, which, by the way, includes peace. Amen? If we meditate and we've got God, then we'll activate joy in our lives. And we need joy because the Scripture says that the, the strength, the joy of the Lord is our strength. 
We need strength so that we can carry out and to do the things that we want to do. So if we do the instructions, if we do what he's asked us to do, we're going to get courage. We're going to have hope. And not only are we going to have for ourselves, but we're going to promote that in our everyday walk. Paul says to awaken it in this passage. You look at it again in verse 8. It says, whatever things are true, noble, just, pure, lovely, things that are of good report. Tap your neighbor and say, I got a good report. Tell the other neighbor, I got a good report. Do you have a good report? Because I think in a world that we live in, like no other, in the world that we see bad news after bad news after bad news, I I see as the church, as believers of all people, we should be sharing good news. We should have a good report. Right? It isn't always easy. But if we're meditating on him and what he's done... Then it will come out of us. I believe that we can be in a place where even when bad news that we can respond in a beautiful, positive, praiseworthy kind of way. Going to be work, yes. But we can do it. What I think Psalms, Psalms chapter 112 tells us that we can, by the way. In verse 6 and 8 it says, Surely he... That would be the believer. So she, the believer, surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. Verse 7, he will have no fear of bad news. This is scripture. This is not pastor. This is God's word. He will have no fear of bad news. In his heart, his heart is steadfast. Which, by the way, is the same word that we learned earlier about stayed that concrete that stubborn same word trusting in the lord his heart is secure same word he will have no fear in the end he will look in triumph on his foes say with me we win say with me we win In, in, anybody ever, anyone play sports before? Raise your hand if you played sports. Raise your hand if you've seen sports. All right, good. Okay. okay. Anyone ever cheered for a sports team? All right. And when you get involved in the game and they win, you're like, yeah, he won. We We get excited, right? I've seen some really calm people really transform into something different during it. Why? Because they decided we want, we did it. Like they invested, they were invested, invested, invested. And all of a sudden they're like, wow. How much greater is the win that we have in Christ? Amen. But are we meditating on it? Are we in it? Are we meditating on his word? Are we, med- are we meditating on the things that are happening to us? Because if we focus there, I'm going to call it the Eeyore syndrome. (laughs) You hear everybody playing it in their heads uh, somehow loud. 
We all know this and we know that we don't like to be around that. So I want to make sure I'm not that. Amen? So what do we do with bad news? What do we do with it? Here's, here's this. Says, Paul says if we think about good things, if we think about good reports, it says, and Psalm says that we'll have no fear of bad news. So the first point is this. The news you believe is much more important than the news you actually receive. The news that you, you believe, who, what do you believe about who you are? What do you believe about who God is? What do you believe about what God can do is more important than the news that you receive. This will only work if you will meditate as Paul asks us to meditate. In another passage of scripture prior to this, it says to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. There's a mindset. There's a, there's a, there's a steadfastness to say, I'm going to praise him. Not for the thing that's, that's exciting or the thing that's not exciting. It, it doesn't, it, it's not saying we limit or judge our praise on that. We just praise because God is awesome and he's done some amazing things for us. And as we do that, we'll, we'll build our belief system and it's much more important than the news we receive. Because the news, oft, often the reports that we hear don't often line up with the word for our lives. And if we'll buy into it, we will lose our joy. So let me just suggest this, that all of us are investigators, private investigators. I officially give you the badge. And we are going through life every day. And we are, without realizing it, we are gathering information. Our brains are amazing in that they're constantly growing information, bringing information. And they're classifying information in different categories. And so as we go about doing this, if we're not careful, if we're not using this, this heart or this uh, uh, level of understanding, if we're not staying strong in this, in our investigations, we'll be biased. If we are only receiving the investigation that the world gives us or that we are looking at, we'll develop a, an incorrect vision or perspective of who God is and about the situation. This is what we call, very simply, this is what we call hopelessness. This is where we find ourselves in depression and hopelessness and disappointment because of where our focus is. Now, it's a real, it's a real thing. It's a real disease. I'm not belittling that. I'm not suggesting that it's all your fault. But I am saying this, that God has given us the keys to climb out of that. What the enemy wants for evil, God has for good, wants to turn for good. And the promise is, is that we can stay on him. We can help turn the page, change what our minds are thinking on, which is going to the information that we're receiving. Now we filter it through God's word and his truths, and now it looks totally different. And now when we receive it, we believe something better, more in line with his word, which means we think better, which means that we have better attitudes and better responses to what's going on. So it's more important with the C to understand what we believe is more important than what we receive. Jeremiah tells us 
God says this. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. I just want to remind our minds of this. That this is in Jeremiah. This is early on in Scripture. That I have plans for you to prosper you, not harm you. To plans to give you hope in a future. And of course we can reference right back at Romans 12. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve God's will. Is. It's good, it's pleasing, and it's perfect will. Amen? Uh, turn to, we're going to look at some scripture now, some heavy scripture in, in Numbers chapter 13. If you have your, if your Bibles, Old Testament, Numbers chapter 13. To better, uh, to better explain this, oh man, out of time already. It was those announcements, there were two. Oh, I'm just kidding. Numbers chapter 13. I'm going to read a few of the scriptures. I'm going to jump around. I encourage you this week to read that chapter into 14. It's not super long, but it, it's insightful. And, and uh, we add what we're saying here to that. And I think it will very, very help you in everyday life. But basically, um, the spies are sent out to the promised land. The promised land was a place where God promised for his Israelites, for the Jewish uh, folks to have this land. The Bible says that it flows with milk and honey. It's a good land. And it was promised a long time ago. And so we find ourselves here in Numbers chapter 13, where Moses, the Lord is speaking to Moses. And he says, all right, Moses, I want you to send men to explore the land of Canaan. He said, he goes on to say in verse, in verse one of verse thir of chapter 13, he says, the Lord said to Moses, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I'm giving to Israel, to the Israelites. Okay. I want you to see that he says, I'm giving it to you. Okay, he says, I'm going to give it to you. And so when Moses um, sent the, he, uh, so Moses did what he asked and sent the guys out. And so the, the men are explore, uh, exploring the land. And in verse 21, so, so they went up and explored the land. And it talks about the land and where they went and all of that. And verse 23 says, when they reached the valley, they cut off a branch bearing a single, listen to this, they cut off a branch, a single branch. Cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. Here's the note. Two of them had to carry it on a pole between them. I just bought some grapes the other day. It didn't take two men to, to carry it. In fact, I was like, is this... How much? For this much? What? So we can see, we see the example that it was... A, um, it was a pretty amazing land that the fruit would grow that plush and that grape. And so 20, verse 25 says, at the end of 40 days, they returned from exploring the land. So they hung out 40 days checking this out and looking at the land and exploring the land. And really what the whole heart was that God was trying to give them a vision of what they were about ready to receive. Okay, that's, that's all he was trying to do is, I want you to go out and see it. If you can see it, you might believe it. And so he gave them this opportunity to go check it out. And so they came back to Moses after 40 days of exploring the land. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community, it says. In verse 26, last part, it says, And there they reported to them the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. 
And they gave Moses its account. We went into the land which you sent to us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. Guys, bring it in. You know, that's how I see it. Then verse 28, but <sighs> got a lot to say about that. But the people who who live there, this is what they're continue to say. It's good, it's flowing with milk and honey, we're excited. Here's the fruit. But there's a people who live there who are powerful and their cities are fortified and very large. And they continue to Eeyore. Verse 31 says, We can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. And they spread to the Israelites a bad report. You see that? They go on to say, to make it worse for themselves, We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. You notice they made some, jumped to some assumptions about themselves. How many times have we done that about ourselves? How many have we done that, sometimes done that about others? God didn't tell them that. He said, go look at it, check it out. It's good, it's ready, I'm ready for it, I'm getting it ready for you. Check it out. And they went and checked it out. And instead of getting a vision, the enemy derailed the vision. They were sent out to survey the land, to get vision. And instead, the enemy hijacked their focus. And because they allowed that to happen in them, it blocked their future. The next point is this. The news you believe will determine the future you receive. We don't often experience our realities. We often experience our perception of reality. Often we we make assumptions. Remember the expression, can't see the forest for the trees? Right? Someone is so deeply in, in, in involved in the details of the problem, they can't look outside the situation at all. Right? And someone could be so involved and so that, that even when the guys are carrying in the super huge juicy grapes, that's the actual reality. Even seeing that happen on their shoulders, they're still worried because oh, we're like grasshopper, Daniel's son. I don't know why that said that. I don't know. Focus. We're never going to get there. You're just there hanging out. 40 days you didn't get killed. Right? Now, this is... Here they are doing this. Now, here's a better choice. Here's another quick illustration, just a bunny trail. I'll admit it, it's a bunny trail. But it's important to see this. Mary, the, the mother of Jesus. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. I, I, we, we probably say that she, even though she was excited that she was to give birth, 
it was probably in somewhat bad news. Why? Because she wasn't married. In fact, she had not had relations, sexual relations with anyone yet. She knew that in her heart, but it didn't mean that everyone believed that. And in Luke chapter 138, she, that was, could have been considered bad news, but she says, I'm the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. She took a bad news and she turned it and said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you. Now, I know this. I don't know if we realize the, the detriment this put her in. You know, they, back then they stoned ladies for this. This was a big deal. This wasn't like, oh, whoops. But this was big deal. But yet, because of her dedication to, to God to, to stay in his word and know he's good, she said, may your word be fulfilled, trusting him. Matthew um, 9, verse 20 and 22, here's another one. Just then a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. Verse 21, she said to herself, listen, she said to herself, if only I touch his cloak, I will be healed. The bad news was the doctors gave up on her. She tried everything else. But Jesus. And she, something in her says, you know what? The news I receive and what I believe more about what God is, more than the, what the news is, it's going to determine my future. And he just says, I'm going to say that God said that I can be healed. I'm going to be healed. In verse 22, Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed from that moment. That's a good way to deal with bad news. And so I'm showing you these two spots. Now we're going to go back to the wrong way with the Israelites. But I want you to see that it is possible to do it the right way. And this is only two of hundreds of truths where God intervened. The first, the third point here is this, as we look more into it. The news you receive is not nearly as important as the report that you believe. See, those spies, what we have to remember about those spies, there were 12 of them that went. They should have remembered. They were investigators, but they should have remembered the beginning. Before they were sent, they were told long before... Years before the families were taught, generations before were taught that God had promised them this land. And by the way, he also told them that there were giants in the land and that the land was fortified. They already knew going in. Let that settle it for a second. They already knew it. So what they investigated, it wasn't new information. It shouldn't have been new information. It was, in fact, over, uh, it was promised to them over 170 times before this in Scripture. Isn't that interesting? 
Isn't it interesting that even though God has said it, if they don't meditate, if they don't, if they don't allow that to sick, that it won't matter what they hear? He said, the land I've given you, past tense. Uh, here's uh, Exodus 3.8. So I have come down to rescue them from the, the hand of the Egyptians, and I've put them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, a home, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, all the ites. It wasn't news. It wasn't brand new news. This was generations before that God had said this. Why am I saying this? The very enemies that they were running from was the enemies that God said have already overcome. But if we don't meditate on that truth, we'll let the perceived reality rule us. Quiet in here. God said all through scripture, I'm giving you the land, I'm giving you the land, I've given it to you over and over and over and over you promised. I gave, it's given, past tense. Pastor, why are you harping on this so much? We know the Israelites, they were, I can't believe they were that way. How many reports have we bought that are against what God says about you. How many times have I said to myself, you're never going to do this right. You're never going to blah, 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 blah. How many times have I put my place because I haven't stayed on his truth, renewed my mind, stopped conforming to the pattern of the world, the old man if I find myself right in the middle of exactly what the Israelites were doing. You know what's cool? Just as God won't give up on you, he didn't give up on them. And there were two, Caleb and Joshua, that did ultimately receive that opportunity into them. And it was because... The news of what they believed was more important than what they heard, what they saw. Because the news they believed is what God already had said time and time again. The long story short story of it is this, that God brought them in through Joshua. Joshua says, no, God said it, we're doing it. Well, that's too simple. Yep, exactly. The only way that we get it is if we continue to saturate ourselves, meditate on, mullinate on that truth. Because guess what? Um, family members, world, TV, Life is often speaking opposite to what God's word says. And, and I said a couple weeks ago, and I want to remind you, 
It's not people that's the problem. It's an enemy that we're facing. That's the problem. And we would know that and we would accept that and we would see that more clearly also if we stayed in here. This is good news. The good news is just as he promises, right, there's a land flowing with milk and honey way before. If we go back to the end here, there's a land flowing with milk and honey for us today also. Because John 10.10 says, starts off at the enemy comes but to still kill and destroy. But God says, Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. There's an answer. What do we meditate on? We meditate on the first part. Oh man, the enemy's coming. Oh man, or do we, or do we meditate on the answer? But I have come so that you could have life and have it more abundantly. By the way, not the normal natural way to think. But you're not a normal natural individual. You've been made a new creation in Christ when you received Jesus. You've been entitled to a whole new way of good news. The gospel. The promise of Jesus and all that he is. And that's what we get to celebrate next week. But by the way, we're celebrating it this week. And tomorrow and every day because that's every day is Resurrection Sunday for a believer. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. Not a thoroughly confused everybody. Praise God. Do you see how I gave a bad report and no one said, oh, no. See how easy it is to slide in there. We're going to meditate on the right things. Amen? Um, don't let the enemy fool you. Don't let the enemy lie to you. The giants you're facing, the bad news that you're hearing, whatever it is, is not the final word. Because he is the word. He is the word. And it's already been established long before. By the way, the story has already been written for us if we'll step into it. We're not trying to obtain or gain anything. He already paid for it. He already says, it's yours. But I, I didn't deserve it. Yeah. But it's already paid for. Have you ever gone to a restaurant? Had your meal and go to pay for it. And like, oh, you can't pay for it. What? What? What's wrong? It's already been paid for. Whew, yeah. Can I get the prime rib too? No. The whole point is it's already been paid for. The whole truth is that it's already been finished. We've already been adopted and promised. And it's the enemy that's telling us otherwise, not God. But we see a lot of stuff and we hear a lot of stuff and we will, if we're not careful, we will um, 
come in agreement with the enemy over our life. I mean, not purposely. Hey, devil, you and me, yay. Not purposely. But anytime we, li- we listen or, or buy the lie of anything opposite what God says, we are coming agreement. And the Bible says we're two or more gathered in agreement, so it will be. This is why it's important. This is the heart of why it's God's principle. It can work for us or against us if we will not do what he's asked us and promised and given us the ability to do then we can't blame others or ourselves or God or any... We, we can, I mean, we can only blame ourselves for not getting to His Word. Does that make sense? Psalms chapter 112. We read it a little bit before, but I want to read it out of the Living Translation Bible. <coughs> Sorry. It says, praise the Lord. Excuse me, it's exclamation. Praise the Lord! That's better. For all who fear God and trust in Him are blessed beyond expression. Yes, happy is the man who delights in doing His commandments. There's a key. They're like, oh no, another rules thing. The rule is meditate on things that are lovely, good, and perfect, and wonderfully and praiseworthy. That's not hard. I mean, that's not like a, you know, like, oh. It's not like when mom said, go clean your room. <laughs> this was, he says, you know what I need you to do? You need to get busy. What do I need to do? Think on good things. Oh. If we do that, verse 6 says, such a man will not be thrown overthrown by evil circumstances. God's constant care of him will make him make a deep impression in all who he sees. He, he does not fear bad news nor live in dread of what may happen. For he is settled in his mind that Jehovah will care for him. And that's why he's not afraid but can calmly face his foes and see them defeated in Jesus' name. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you and we praise you. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today. And may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.